Hello and welcome back to the Conversation Hat Podcast, a show for geeks, artists, and terrible people. My name is Liam. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And in this episode, we are really pleased to introduce our guest, Emily Slade, from the Why This Film Podcast. Looking back at the movies of your childhood and asking, hey, were they really so looking childhood back at movies? Or was it just the, you know what, I read the first line from their bio and then I tried to improvise... And it wasn't very good. I'm sorry, Emily. I'm also sorry for asking Emily what her favourite aspect ratio is and which film she wished was historically accurate. All this and more on the Conversation Hat podcast. The Conversation Hat podcast. Ben, what are your top three tedious audio facts they don't have to be true um well you know earworms yes mm-hmm. they get on they get annoying that's true big yes people think that it's not a creature but it is oh tiny tiny little wiggly worm thing uh-huh very difficult to see you know sometimes like if you unfocus your eyes you see like a little worm sort of floating across and people say that it's dust in the liquid in your eye no it's an earworm <laughs> Making its way to the other ear. Oh. Making its way to the other ear to go... Or to sing Living on a Prayer for the next right. three days. Right. My go-to earworm was going to be Taylor Swift. Oh, which one? Just the... the Just all of Taylor all Swift. Of them. All of them. She's, she's good with hooks. Good hooker. Wait. <laughs> we okay. So we will we will defer to your expertise, I guess. Um so I'm really weird. I'm I'm a bit odd with earworms because I spend so long playing like screwing around with audio. I um I did a a stupid funky remix of um Hey Hi I'm the Problem It's Me. Mm-hmm. So now I have my own version of that Taylor Swift song in my head quite often. <laughs> because I listened to the original like once, it's like, okay, cool, I get the joke, whatever. And then I spent an entire day working on it. And now I'm like, I think I think I might be as good as Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. There we go. I Strong it. words. Yeah. Strong words. <laughs> and you've yeah. not gone through as many breakups. Have you not? You, why would I be... Oh, me, compa- sorry. You're comparing yourself to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. I'm not jumping on your bandwagon. No, she she has that on me, I suppose. She has more life experience, I imagine. Yes. Have you ever written a song comparing everybody to sexy babies? <laughs> um, Not yet. The night is young. Yeah. We shall see. That was a confusing lyric when I was waking up and drinking my coffee. <laughs> Did Taylor Swift just say it's almost like everyone's a sexy baby? Yes. It's because she's tall. No, it's because she's the monster on the hill. Yeah, because she's tall. I, I'm too much of a she... fan to be like, ha ha, yeah, sexy baby. It's like, no, never alone. It's because <laughs> she's tall and she feels like body to somewhere. <laughs> she's, she's referring to Ariana Grande, right? The sexy baby thing. Everyone, she's referring to everyone. Oh, is it everyone? Because okay, she's literally a very tall person with long legs, and she always worries that she's looking down at people, and everyone else is like this cutesy. Right. She's always struggled with body dysmorphia and anorexia. Everyone else is like this tiny, fragile, feminine creature, and she's this like galumphing monster. Even though obviously she's not, it's just that she's leggy. She is leggy. So she is both the monster and the hill. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I. 
I still think that sexy baby is a weird route to go down. Yeah, it's like it's like a trope. It's like a trope. It's that like you're su- you're an adult woman, but you're sucking your thumb and like twirling your pigtails, and you're like, oh, I can't do anything for myself, but like I'm also sexual. I'm in a bra. Yeah, it's it's. You know what it is? It's the it's the Britney Spears front cover where she was clutching a Teletubby in her lingerie. It's that. Remember that, guys? Mm, that iconic moment yeah. of history. No. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I it's that. Not, that's not that's the sexy baby. I mean, that's a strong front runner for an episode title, isn't it? <laughs> really. <laughs> What what is just sexy baby? That's sexy baby. <laughs> yeah, just no That's context. Sexy I think baby. everyone will know what we're referring to. <laughs> no context, sexy baby. No context, sexy baby. There we go. There we go. Um, I mean, I think we've come in pretty heavy with the sexy baby chat. Like we've we've kind of top ended this episode, maybe. Yes, we've gone hard on the sexy baby. <laughs> yes. Mm. Wait. <laughs> I don't like this conversation. No. This was just about annoying sounds and then Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's sexy babies. Do you have um, a, an earworm? So if you have a song oh, stuck in your I head... I thought you were about to say, do you have a favourite sexy baby? Favorite and sexy I didn't baby. want, I don't didn't want, to, talk want about to have it. that conversation. <laughs> do the different podcast. Um, do you have if you get a song stuck in your head that you you find annoying eventually is there a default song that you can put in your head to replace it that's a really good question thank you um i don't know that there is because it's like it's 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 finding neutral again isn't it but everything there's no neutral song for me so it has to sort of be like you know what i have to do i have to visualize like someone pulling a blind down over the song does that make sense yeah okay. like i have to visualize someone like walking a, like the song is playing and that's visualized however you visualize a song and then somebody has to like pull a curtain across the song and then set it on fire and that's the only way it goes out <laughs> of my head <laughs> so not just pulling the curtain it's also it's a vinyl pull it's a vaudeville umbrella yank yes, and then it's on oh, fire then so. you nuke it Put yeah. it in the post. Put the ashes in the post. Send it to the bottom of the ocean next to the Titanic yes. emerald. Just send it as far away it's as possible. It's a diamond. It's a diamond. Diamond. Excuse me. I got the wrong precious You've stone. Just put like three songs in my. He- You've just put like three songs in my head just through the disposal of the unnamed earworm. Yeah, I do now have Celine Dion Kings in my head. <laughs> oh yeah, I was, Kings I was going Kings with Kings of Leon. Well, mm-hmm. my song is on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then my heart will go on because you mentioned Titanic. Yep. and then Sam Smith Diamonds. Ooh, I didn't nice. hear that one. Yeah, um, I'm not going to sing. My sing diamonds it. stay with you. Never going to do my heart way. Never going to do my heart way, baby. You're so cruel. My diamonds live with you. <laughs> this is I my love Whoa! He turns into Mickey Mouse at that bit. Whoa! <laughs> so we went from a very, a very sincere. I'm not going to sing it to immediately. Yeah, no, I'm going to do actually yeah, way okay. too much of it. Well, look, we're trying to entertain people. And I'm not. I'm not going to sing something stupid. And part of my brain went, Why not? That'd be funny, or at least stupid. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, I think of Sandstorm by Darude. 
Go on, Ben. When you were saying like digger digger digger, I thought you were gonna go into digger tana from the Lion King three. But alas, that did not happen. I love that the Lion King three. <laughs> I, actually, I think it's actually Lion King Simone... one and a half. It's the I think it's the it's the Meerkat song, and it's but it's from, I think it's from the one that just follows Timon and Pumbaa, and it's called like Lion King one and a half or Lion two King and a half 1. or something. 5, yeah. yeah, and it's like right. dig a turn a and it's about the Meerkats. It's really good. Neat. Maybe there's a mashup of Darude Stan song um... songs from. Lion King 1.3. That would be amazing. If there's not, there should be. And then Liam. that will be stuck in my head forever. And then Darude Sandstorm, which will remind me of the same thing. <laughs> and it's just a vicious cycle, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was a lot have of we, nonsense. Shall we? Have shall we, we pulled we... a question out yet? No, <laughs> shall, shall we do that? <laughs> have we started the show? <laughs> We've definitely started the show. It feels like a show. Okay. It feels very performative if it's not already a show. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is how I am. This is... I, I'm always talking exactly <laughs> like this. Pull a question out the hat and then say what it says. That's the whole point of this podcast. So the question is, what's your favourite aspect ratio? Why is that in there? <laughs> <laughs> well... Um, let's list si- let's list them all. Sixteen point eight. Sixteen eight. Are yeah, you mad? Are you mad, like, Ben? Is that the letter box? The is that that one? I might have to Google it. <laughs> so Yeah. I believe sixteen nine like- is <laughs> YouTube. The one I like the one that you put. A Twitter, a photograph on Twitter, so you can see it without having to click on the photo. That one. Yes, that's a good one. That's a nice one. Google is actually not very helpful in this regard. Um, <clears throat> of course, the popular aspect ratio at the moment is nine sixteen. Of course. Which is uh, YouTube, but on its side. Mm. Because TikTok, you guys seen the TikTok? You guys seen um, TikTok at the? Um, Oh, bugger, what particular branch of the American government was it? The, the TikTok hearings. Have you seen any of this? What? Oh, no, I've only seen parodies of the TikTok hearings. I mean, the parodies of the TikTok hearings are pretty much the TikTok hearings. It's just, Ben, it's basically the the American government decided they wanted to talk to the the CEO of TikTok, and of course they can only get the CEO of TikTok America because reasons. Right. Um, and they... they they're worried about national security, but their way to solve all of their various concerns is to ask really asinine questions such as, why does TikTok need to know where my eyes are? And does TikTok connect to the home Wi-Fi? Right, so this is, this is old people asking oh, yeah. 
internet questions again. It's like nothing but yeah. white hair in a big spacious room of them being like, oh, like, oh. like I literally can't even think of anything dumb enough. But like all of <laughs> like like your dad just got a new phone kind of questions. Yeah, I, I remember seeing some. I don't. I think it was about Facebook privacy or something, and the mm. guy was like. Does my phone? Do you know where you are from my phone? Does it tell you? And he's like, I don't know. I'd need to look at your phone. What? You can't answer the question about yeah. whether you know about my phone or not. No, because it's your phone. I don't know what you've set it to. Oh well, I find it ridiculous that you don't know how phones work. And then there's this very confused-looking, like, head of department in some tech company going, I. I don't know what your settings are. It's the the question as asked is faulty. Why does TikTok make me want to dance? <laughs> oh, there was a brilliant one of, I think he was a really right-wing politician in America, really sort of famously kind of homophobic and anti-trans and just kind of generally a piece of shit. He was saying that his TikTok, when he opens it, is full of, like, scantily clad men doing erotic dances. <laughs> Mm. What? Why are they pushing this on the American people? Don't don't tell him about <laughs> algorithms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the guy, yeah, the guy was just like, ah, oh no. <laughs> but it's one of those beautiful moments where I guess the guy must have known. Well, this is being recorded for posterity. This is a hundred percent going to be a meme in about eight seconds. So I don't <laughs> actually need to say anything. <laughs> very funny. Very very funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the 9-16 aspect ratio. A lot of people hate it. I sort of don't mind it. Working in marketing and video and stuff. Yeah. It's the it's the way to do stuff. You want them views, you gotta you gotta film at a right angle. But just how it is now. Just just is how it is. Although Instagram is Instagram reels are becoming less of a thing now. Here's some really cutting edge tech news for the listeners. Ooh. Instagram reels are less of a big deal now. You're going to get less random batches of thousands and thousands of views. You're just going to get two or three. They've gone back to traditional image-based posts, which is nice considering all the time that everyone's invested into learning. Yeah. Was that conscious? Yes, the super conscious. Is it because they couldn't compete with TikTok? I'm not sure. I think a lot of people who like traditional photographers or, or visual artists like who'd developed a, an audience through normal still images and carousels and such, I think they they had a lot of pushback because it was very... When they started doing Instagram video and reels and such, it was pretty transparently, oh, because you're competing with TikTok. Fine, that's, I mean, free market. You're sort of allowed to. It got to a point where everyone was just only really seeing reels and people were finding it impossible to actually grow brands and such on Instagram. And I suppose if you're struggling to grow, uh, to grow a brand on Instagram, you're much less likely to give meta money to advertise. So I think they were like, ah, we should probably go back to the time when we were making money. Um, mm -hmm. That's my kind of read on it. Um, yeah, so all of that effort we've gone into learning how to make vertical video. Uh, YouTube Shorts, though. YouTube shorts are good views. Mm. We've definitely spoken about this like, on the podcast before. Do you like YouTube shorts? I'm a big fan. Um, I just like views because I like attention. <laughs> and that's that's why we have this podcast. Um, I'm <laughs> also a big fan of just one-to-one -one aspect ratios, just pure squares. I really like pure squares. I think there's a lot of... Um, 
I know. I think you can get a lot out of a square. Ben, you got any yeah. thoughts about squares? You took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say you can get a lot from a square. Yes. That's what I always say. I've that got that is. on a T-shirt. You do. I've seen it. What you shape is that T-shirt? And irritatingly, it's a rhomboid. Oh God damn it! Stupid rhomboid. Stupid, frigid, unyielding rhomboid. <laughs> I mean, that's. Let's be honest. That's much as the uh, the Senate hearing on TikTok. I think this question was faulty. Should we just pick another one? How? How do you guys feel uh-huh. when you're watching a movie? And then suddenly the ratio changes. Ooh, in in what way? So so like say you're watching a movie and it's like letterboxed, and then it grows. Mm. Like the letterbox goes away, or vice versa. I like it. Always feels like a conscious choice, so I like it because I like to try and be like, oh, I wonder why that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to imply like passing of time, or if something's like a flashback, or if someone's reminiscing, I think it can some like when you sometimes have stuff in black and white or sepia to be like a flashback. I think it sometimes is used in that way. I I like it, but it's one of those things where I feel like it's maybe been done a bit. Although having said that, I can't think of a specific example. No, I can't um, think of a specific example. I mean, I think have you seen the whale yet? Yeah. No. Oh, you've seen it. Cool. I feel like that was done in a funny ratio as well. It's interesting. I feel like it was done, like, no sides to it. Like, it was done on a very... It was done very square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 4-3. So, so barely more than a square. And you know what they say about squares, Ben? <laughs> you can get a lot out of a square. Get a lot out of a square. <laughs> Brendan Fraser um, got an Oscar. Yeah, out of a square. Apparently, it, that aspect ratio was to emphasise how large the man was. Fantastic. I don't know if that's actually true, but that is what it I, says. I assumed it would be. Yeah, interesting. I think a lot of that film was trying to accentuate how large the man was. <laughs> yes. I think that's that's the gist of the film, isn't it? Yeah. I've noticed... Okay, how do you, how do you guys feel about in films where they do try and think of an example i think it happened in glass onion if you've seen glass onion yeah nope we've got one yes and one no again that's pretty good um (laughs) so i think it happens in glass onion i think it happens in films anytime they're trying to say oh uh, a thing has happened how is the world responding to this thing and in maybe 10 years ago you'd cut to like uh, fake news footage or like reporters on the scene yada 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 but the modern equivalent of that is switching to people um doing instagram lives and, and doing tiktoks and stuff mm-hmm. so you go from like the nice lovely wide frame to the um the the <laughs> vertical format tiktok upright video in the very center of the screen with just very wide black bars either side and it's sort of I get it because it is the the modern equivalent of cutting to reporters on the scene or whatever, but it does feel super jarring to just go from, ah, lovely widescreen to, oh, now I can only look at the very middle of this frame. Um, Do we have any thoughts about that or have, (laughs) am I the only person that has a problem with it? 
Yeah, I can't really recall it happening. Um, so I guess it didn't affect me that much. But I know what you mean. Um, yeah. In the moment and in the context, I'm sure my brain is just like, yeah, I get it. It's fine. But I think if the if it, if it keeps happening, and and I and I've not seen that type of thing happen in a cinema. I've only seen it in a on a TV screen. So it's already slightly different. Where I'll sometimes watch YouTube shorts anyway. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's quite common in, I think they do it in documentaries as well, but I think documentaries, it's easier to get over the idea of a format change because you are using like found footage quite often. I think they've done it in most of the recent Spider-Man films. Oh, really? Mm. That's interesting. Because, I, I guess because high school. Yes, that makes sense. And stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like bits where it all cut to the thin... Things like, oh my god, Spider-Man's over there. He's so cool. Whip, 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 whip. Whip, whip, whip. Are they making I've the noises? I've seen the Spider-Man films. Seen, I know what noises little whips make. <laughs> yeah, whip, whip. I truly didn't think we'd be able to talk for, for over 10 minutes about aspect ratio, so I'm really proud of all of us. <laughs> Yay. I'm good. I'm glad someone is. <laughs> <laughs> Which films do you wish was historically accurate? Which film do you wish was historically accurate? Um, so I assume we're excluding documentaries from this. Well, it depends. Have you seen the Queen biopic? Is That's it, not historically accurate. Is it not? No, they make I think, loads I of think it would be. Oh. I think we'd be pushed to find... You know, I, I watched this a couple of weeks ago and I gen I was like on the Wikipedia page whilst I was watching it and I was genuinely like, I wish that they just stuck to the flipping story and not made up all this bullshit. Um, Operation Mincemeat. It was so bad. Oh. It's so interesting. But the film is so bad because they're just like, yeah, anyway, we're going to pause the history bit and just do some crap. And then we'll pick up the history bit again. Which one is Operation Mincemeat? It's Colin Firth. It's the two Mr. Darcy's. It's Colin Firth and uh, Tom from Succession um, trying to dupe Hitler by sending a corpse into um, Europe with fake yes. news on its body to then do some stuff. And that's the thing. I can't really tell you what the operation truly was and how it succeeded. It turned the tide of the war, but they spent so long right. trying to do Nanny McPhee 2 um, that I didn't really <laughs> tell you what the yeah, operation was. And that's a bummer because it's literally called Operation Mincemeat. And, and instead they're, they're wasting their time as well getting that actor that I absolutely loathe playing... Jason Fleming and every given opportunity going, I call my own mother M. It's like, shut up. We get it. <laughs> it's bad. Your favourites in it, Ben, Mark Gattis. Mark Gattis? Yeah. I like Mark. Mark. I think, is, it, is it Gattis? I think still think it's Gatis. Why you say Gatis? I, I like Mark, him. Like, I just said Mark Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Mark Gaiman. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... Neil Gammon. Neil Gammon, could be. You don't know. He hangs around the pub and is very angry. <laughs> I've not heard of 
Operation Mincemeat. It's such a such an unfortunate name. Yeah, well, for anything war based. It's, it's interesting. It's like the real. It's the real name of the real operation, and it was a yeah. secret for like fifty years. And then the Colin Firth character eventually, as when he retired, wrote, told someone and like wrote a book about it. And then they made a movie straight off the back of that book. And then they've this, so it's like a remake almost. And there's been a documentary in between. And now they've, they've gone back to the story with an exceptional cast and a really cool, interesting premise. But I'm like, and there, there's like loads of women involved. But of course, we can't just have cool women getting involved in war tactics. We have to then have start. a oh, freaking love triangle. <laughs> And you're like, uh, hey, or she could have just done her job, you know, and not had an affair. No. Like that was also an option. And they're like, hush, hush. Oh, I love a good, I love a good affair as a affair as a narrative device. Honestly, it's like, and it's like forty minutes. They like stop the operation for them to do a forty-minute love triangle, and then pick it up again. Yeah. Honest to God, James Bond man is like not in the movie for like forty minutes, and then he just reappears at the end, and you're like, yeah, you're in this movie. Sorry, <laughs> ridiculous. But who does like if you put if you pause the flow of a movie for forty minutes to have a bit of an affair? What demographic is that affair for? Who's well, going to exactly. go to a movie because it's like... Now, I wonder if it's aimed at the sort of boomer and below, just below generation of the like, the dad is going to go want to see, oh, Operation Mince Me. I read about that in one of my books about World War Two, So I'm going to go see that. I'm going to take the wife. So the least we can do to, to help the wife is pause this and have Kelly McDonald kiss Colin Firth for 40 minutes. And you're like... I assume. No, I think I think you're bang on. <laughs> That's that really that really feels like it. That half hour is for the wife. For the wife. <laughs> That's, and I I must stress that is the thinking in the boardroom. That is not how audiences are or react. I get the sense that high level filmmakers, like the actual executives, sort of hate film goers, right? Yeah. There's yeah, they're always, no... they're always trying to target this demographic that, like, doesn't exist. Always definitely not. The people who just aren't going to the cinema. Instead of just, instead of just making movies yeah. and hoping that people like them, they're instead trying to tick all of these boxes that the actors, the creative team, the yes. producers, the crew, everyone's against it. Like, The Hobbit is the biggest example of that, where Evangeline Lilly was like, I'm on board as long as you don't give me a love triangle. And they finished the movie and then called her back for reshoots and was like, we're going to plop in a love triangle. And she was like, no. are you joking? Yeah me yeah it was all reshoots the entire love triangle was reshoots oh god insanity it's like she specifically took this on the understanding that you would not do this to her how could you of course luckily it completely enhanced the narrative and made the trilogy incredibly memorable no as i was about to say i think it's some of the worst bits in an already troubled trilogy I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things, again, where, like, the, the high-level people, like, after the success of Lord of the Rings, which may well be the, the, the greatest cinematic experience of all time, mm -hmm. they were like, hey, how can we squeeze more money out of this guy that's been dead for 100 years? Oh, I know, we'll do the, we'll do the prequel, obviously, and then not really think about, should we respect 
the original text or should we just do whatever? Nah. Let's let's do whatever. Let's not even respect the original trilogy. Money. Mon- money. Do you know Andy Serkis played the barrels? <laughs> <laughs> really high level <laughs> mocap. That man, he can do anything. He can be King Kong, he can be Gone, he can be a barrel. He's great. <laughs> Hardest working man in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. I would have uh, The Land Before Time remade historically accurate. Ooh, okay. Nice. Like that. Yeah. Really like that. Which era are you saying it in then? Which dinosaur are you prioritizing? Um I would I would want to prioritize Ducky because Ducky was the best. Adorable. Okay, so that probably counts out a lot of other species because they were like millennia apart. Yeah. So Ducky's gonna have like one friend and it's gonna be like a plant. I feel like I may have made a mistake. <laughs> oh no. Because sort of the, 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 the joy and the charm of the land before time is the fact that the dinosaurs can speak and get along with each other and the story <laughs> and the journey that they go on and the friends they make along the way. If it was historically accurate, they'd all just be dead. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be millions of years apart and just brutal animals. Maybe not that one. Have Have either of you seen the Channel 5 documentary Dinosaur with Stephen Fry. Dinosaur Singular? Uh, no, I don't think I have. It's... Oh, it's... Oh, it's very Channel 5. <laughs> Channel 5 still even exists. Apparently. And they're spending all of their budget on having Stephen Fry, <laughs> Stephen Fry in the title. <laughs> but, like, there's no... De- but nothing else has had money spent on it. So we've got some very questionable CGI dinosaurs going through the same animation over and over again, while Stephen Fry, bless him, acts as if they're really there, which is kind of okay when it's Stephen Fry there because he's an actor, but then they get professional dinosaur people who can't act and are probably wondering what's going on. Oh, no. If you ever want a very cringy, confusing evening... Watch mm-hmm. Stephen Fry Stick it on. Dinosaur on Channel 5. <laughs> Sometimes Noted. Stephen Fry isn't even presenting it. It's just a voiceover wow. and another man is walking around. What? <laughs> yeah. So they Virginia got Stephen Fry three for episodes. what? <laughs> yeah, they got him for a day and that was it. <laughs> Pretty much. There's. Would you like to know how long a Diplodocus is, according to this show? Go on. It's the length of three double-decker buses and longer. Are double-decker buses and single-tiered buses the same length? Ah, that's that's the question that I ask myself. <laughs> Why does it matter how long the double-decker buses? Because they're not longer. You're not accommodating stairs. Yeah, We're just, just doing yeah. length. It doesn't need tall. Yeah. And also that's... And longer, like, and how much? Yeah. And a toy double-decker bus? like, or, or, or another. None of these questions and more will be answered if you watch Dinosaur <laughs> Imagine a double-decker bus that's slightly longer than the average double-decker bus. Now put three <laughs> of them end-to-end. That's how long the dinosaur is. There you go. 
but it might be longer than that. No, that's why they're slightly longer than average. Ah, <laughs> uh, but we're not sure how much longer. See, I just wanted to learn about dinosaurs. <laughs> wow, you, you made a mistake. Fool, yes, <laughs> fool's errand. You know when you're asked to name a film and you're like, oh, can't think of a single film. <laughs> yep. I'm sort of just just looking through lists of films and and what's the films that I think are quite interesting tend to take place in like um, isolated areas. So if you think about like um, Labyrinth is, is an excellent film, but like you wouldn't necessarily if it was historically accurate, you never know unless you do Labyrinth yourself. Um, so I'm trying yeah. to think of like fantasy films where maybe like if you think about uh, Wrath of the Titans, uh, Clash of the Titans, all of those sort of things. That if they take place so long ago, mm-hmm. I like the idea of just having really fucking strange fossils. You know, mm-hmm. just really weird things like um i don't know if you've seen mortal engines the idea of finding like a giant city on wheels just Mm -hmm. under the water that would i think that would ruin science i sort of want to see (laughs) that um but there's something in the phrasing of historically accurate that means like okay so we can't say (laughs) ant-man because that's that's the current now we're just saying what films do we wish were real yeah Yes, that is a different question. Yes, that's, yeah. I mean, I could say I, I wish the Transformers movie was historically accurate, but then that would just be the 80s. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because it didn't happen. Okay, what if, all right, let's say the, the original Superman films from, like, uh, 1980-whatever. Yes, with Christopher Reeve. But somehow we've forgotten about them in the preceding 30 years. So occasionally we just stumble across evidence that there was Superman. I don't know. I'm trying to put a fun twist on the question and it doesn't always work. Yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> nah, fuck it, Hook. It's <laughs> 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 a real roller coaster today. Nah, Hook, screw it. <laughs> Why was there an island full of children? Very well-fed children. <laughs> don't... don't mm. <laughs> Oh, no, they wouldn't have been well-fed because it was their imagination. They're, they're literally they're malnourished, happy, they're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but very happy. They were smiling for some reason. It probably becomes Lord of the Flies eventually. Yes. That's why they... Oh, that's, that's what it was. It was PTSD. <laughs> so they weren't imagining they're eating their friends. <laughs> they just repressed it. God, that's awful. I've only written down one title. <laughs> and it was very early on. So I'm yeah, open to pictures. One job, Liam. It's got to be the no context sexy baby. I mean, it literally <laughs> has to be. <laughs> That's all I've it's written down. It's got to be no context sexy baby. Emily, thank you so much for joining us and <laughs> making sure we, we don't eat glue or hurt each other for the last half an hour. I think everyone's got to take a turn taking care of us. Yeah, I confiscated all the glue. <laughs> Damn it, she's going to yeah. eat our glue, Ben. <laughs> We need protecting from ourselves. <laughs> Ironically, if you just glued us down, it would be a lot safer. But, you know. <laughs> Emily, where can people find more of you uh, online or in person or wherever they happen to be? 
Yes, in person I would be wandering the the streets of Norwich. Um, otherwise, online you can find me at Why This Film Podcast. Uh, it's pink, and we look back on the movies of your childhood. We're across Twitter and all of your normal podcasting places. Wonderful, Ben Sainzies. Oh, I'm on the Instagram, as you well know, at Spike Pearson, P-I-E-R-S-O-N. I put pictures up. Sometimes they're of they said sometimes they were taken on the same day. Wow. Others they were taken weeks ago and I forgot to upload them. Happy birthday, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I am at LT Guitarist on all the things. Uh, mostly it's music and stuff. The podcast is at Convo Hat Podcast. Mostly it's podcasts and stuff. Yeah, it is. Ben, emergency question, go. Oh, um, what is the most pleasing texture of chip? Oh, excellent question. Oh, Brilliant thank question. You. Um, okay. Y- you know the, the size and density of proper chips, proper chip shop chips, not fries, mm-hmm. but like chippy chips. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then the kind of outer texture of like a really nice oven chip, because the outside of oven chips are usually lovely. But the insides are normally okay. hugely disappointing. So if you can get the, the awful mm-hmm. greasy mush of chip shop chips with the outer coating of a really nice oven chip, I will uh, subscribe to your newsletter. There, that's my offer. Thank you. Interesting. <laughs> em- <laughs> Emily, chip thoughts? I'm going to go with another hybrid. You want the physical touch, the like, the like outer aesthetic of the crinkle cut. Mm. You want that jiggity jaggedy vibes, but you want it like air fried to shit. I'm so sorry, mm. I keep swearing and I keep doing the Absolutely I fine. Ah, don't, don't fucking mind. It's very much too late, so. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We I can usually always ask at the beginning, to. but I forgot and then I started swearing and then I was like, well, they'll, I'm sure they'll tell me. <laughs> They usually do, um, but no, you want it like uh, si- similar. I think I'm going for y- for yours. It's it's that like almost orange with its mm. like like crispy, crispy, crunchy, crisp, cr- crispy, crunchy, crunch. But you want the jiggity jaggedies to for for my fingies to hold it neatly in a groove. <laughs> Crispy, crunchy, jiggity, jaggedy fingers. Oh. Of course. It's a shame that we've already named the episode. <laughs> yep, too late. Set in stone. Can't do anything about jiggity that. Jiggity, jangy, crunchy, crunchy, pinky, pinkies. Ben, do you, do you have any any chip thoughts? I'm gonna go with the yeah. I like the I like the long, almost soggy fish and chip. Ben's shop waggling chip. his hand around everyone just so he. Yeah, because it's got to be proper floppy, or the little ones that have probably been deep fried two or three times, so it's just crunch. Yeah, just crunch, yeah, they're the best. The little scraps. Mm. Save those till last and send me home with them. Thank you very much. <laughs>